The Mindspo Podcast. What do you see with your mind's eyes? Welcome back. Let's elevate. Roll your shoulders up and back. Unclench your jaw. Elongate your spine as you take a deep breath in. And now, exhale. Now take your mind to that person, place, or thing that you have gratitude for and start to feel into the joy available to you at all times. Elevate into a higher vibration as we expand together and dive into this conversation. Welcome back to the Mindspo podcast. I'm your host, Rochelle Fox, and today's episode is all about a topic that relates to every single person, and that is sleep. Now, I actually had the pleasure of getting inside the mind of Australia's leading sleep expert for this one, and boy, oh boy, did I learn a lot. Now, something that I always remind myself of in life is there is only so much that is within your control as a human, and I believe the trick to life is actually just learning how to control the control and then surrendering the rest. And the thing is that sleep is one of these things that is completely within your control. Now, you're going to learn a lot in this episode because Olivia gives so much value. She shares her seven-step nighttime routine for successful sleep, how to combat waking up at night and why it happens. We also dive into sleep myths, sleep hacks, tips, tricks, and practical, actionable things you can do right now to improve your sleep and also improve your entire life. One thing I loved about this episode is Olivia's ability to simplify sleep science and really highlight the damaging effects of not having sleep as a priority and how that can affect your whole entire life. This is an episode that will empower you, inform you, and give you actionable steps to implement so you can make changes that will elevate your sleep and in doing so, elevate your whole life, which is what we are all about on this podcast. So with all that said, let's get into the science of sleep. Olivia, I am so excited to have you here on the Mindspoke podcast. I can't believe we're having this conversation because it's a very important one. Oh my gosh, sleep is such a big topic. I wanted to ask you, according to a sleep expert, what even is a good night's sleep? A good night's sleep, you know, because you wake feeling refreshed, rejuvenated, and you're ready to go and you don't need three cups of coffee together. Oh, snap. Three cups of coffee. (laughs) I've definitely (laughs) experienced having a not good night's sleep then. So when people come to you and they're confused about sleep, what do you feel like are the biggest myths that people have about sleep? Like the misconceptions, maybe the things we read in the magazines back in the day that weren't very researched. What are the things that you see come up a lot that are false? The biggest misconception about sleep is that there is nothing you can do to improve it. Ooh. Many, many people sit there sleepless every single night and they think, this is just me. I'm just a bad sleeper. It's just because I'm stressed. It's just because I'm busy at work. All of these things, sure, they're valid, but... There are so many things you can do to improve the quality of your sleep and to sleep well, even if you are stressed, even if you are traveling across time zones. There is so much you can proactively do to improve your sleep. So I think that's definitely the biggest misconception is that it just happens and that there's no reason or rhyme to it. Mm. No, there is a specific reason you are sleeping well and there's also a specific reason you are not sleeping well. Wow. The thing is that most people don't understand the impact of psychology, sleep psychology or sleep hygiene, it's more commonly called, diet, exercise, light exposure, bedroom environment, alternative and complementary therapies like meditation. So when you recognize that you can leverage all of these elements of your life to promote healthier sleep, Mm. then it becomes, you become aware that you can do so much to improve your sleep. Yeah. However, to believe that your sleep just happens and that there's nothing you can do about it and that there's no reason why it is the way it is, is the biggest misconception, 100%. 
I love that because we're all about personal development. And what you're saying to me, what I'm getting through is it's a little bit of a belief that people have. Like, And I, I can really feel into that. There's been at times where I'm like, oh, I'm such a bad sleeper. You know, and we'll say things like that in our head. And you're really that person to empower them and be like, you're not a bad sleeper. You're just having temporarily bad sleep. And here is X, Y, and Z that we can do to fix it. Correct. Oh. So you have bad sleep behaviors. Mm. You are not a bad sleeper. Ooh, snap. There's a difference. Massive. It's what you are doing. It's not who you are. Yeah. Wow. I love that. When, you, when it's something that is part of your identity, it's who you are. You can't change it. Mm. But if it's your behavior, you can change it. Mm. And sleep is a behavior. That's like saying, I'm a bad eater. Well, no, you're just eating poorly. You're eating, you're making bad eating choices. Mm. Nobody is inherently a bad eater. You just don't know how to eat properly. Yeah. Similarly, nobody's inherently a bad sleeper. You just don't know how to sleep properly. Ah, so good. So getting into how to sleep better, let's talk about nighttime routine. So you are obviously an expert on this stuff. What would be, as a sleep expert, your ideal nighttime routine? Okay, so my ideal bedtime routine is on one of those cards that I I shared with you before, which is called my signature bedtime routine. It has seven steps and 100% of my private clients who have used this have seen improvements in their sleep in less than seven days. Wow. Step one is to wear blue light blocking glasses two hours before bed. This is because light is the main factor to control your circadian rhythm and melatonin is sleepiness hormone. Mm -hmm. So the more melatonin the body produces, the easier it is to fall and stay asleep. Mm. The more that light exposure you have, the less melatonin your body produces. Mm. It's the number one factor above diet, above all other factors that Mm. have been found in clinical evidence, right? So that's number one. Block out blue light, wear blue light blocking glasses, two hours before bed. Number two is to use lavender. This is really helpful for those who struggle to switch off Mm. because lavender activates the parasympathetic nervous system and helps us feel more relaxed. Mm. When your parasympathetic nervous system is being dominated by what's called the sympathetic nervous system that is when you feel anxious so this is directly shown in clinical trials to reduce anxiety and to improve sleep quality Mm. step three is to disconnect from tech one hour before bed cut out your devices (laughs) cut out your phones there was a research study that found those that are on their phone in the last hour before bed are 48% more likely to take over an hour to fall asleep. Ooh, fascinating. Hmm. Step four is to have a shower. This helps your body produce melatonin, that sleepiness hormone. Step five is to take a magnesium-based sleep supplement. This, again, is really helpful for those with bedtime anxiety because magnesium is the primary mineral to relax the body and has been found in clinical trials to reduce anxiety by 31%. Step six is to read a book, read a printed book such as mine. Yes, we have your book. Yes. I have to shout out Bear, Lion, Bear, Lion Wolf. Wolf. This is amazing. So this is like the A to Z of sleep. We read this book. We're going to get a massive download. I would hope so, yeah. Yeah, we're yeah, going to yeah. put that in the show notes. So I think it's a great t- bedtime read. <laughs> the ultimate it's bedtime. The ultimate, it's bed. the ultimate bedtime read. Some, somebody once asked me, they're like, if somebody fell asleep reading your book, would you be upset or <laughs> What was your answer? I was like, I don't think I would be upset as long as it was like close enough to bedtime. (laughs) Yeah. And then step seven is to wear an eye mask because equally Uh as you need to block out light before bed, you need to block it out throughout the night as well. Mm. Now, before we go on to anything else, Mm -hmm. a lot of people hear that and they're like, oh my God, there's so many steps. There's so much to do. It's really overwhelming. Okay. Actually look at the steps in themselves. Most of them take 30 seconds to a minute. Wear blue light blocking glasses, 10 seconds. Mm. Use lavender on pulse points. 10 seconds. I was most excited about that tip. I'm like, I have an excuse to go and buy some bougie (laughs) lavender. (laughs) Lavender's amazing. Stop using your phone. Zero seconds. You Mm. just stop it. Take a shower. Four minutes, ideally, because we save water, you know. Taking a magnesium-based sleep supplement. 
10 seconds. Mm. Reading a book is really the only thing it takes time. But if usually what people find is by the time they start to read, within 10 minutes, most people are asleep because it's actually really positive for sleep mm. and, you know, helps us fall asleep. And then wearing an eye mask, you know, again, 10 seconds. So mm. although it sounds like there's a lot, mm. there's actually not. And so this is why I made this sleep checklist yeah. that you literally just need to tick it off every night because you just see, okay, it's actually a very simple routine. You just need to follow the steps. Yeah. I love that you've given it a routine because I feel like sometimes sleep can just feel like, oh God, now I'm going to go to sleep now. But you've kind of, that feels romanticized to me in a way. Maybe that's just me, but I'm like, oh, lavender. And I'm turning my phone off. I'm making yeah. sure I've got my bed. It's sounding bougie. A, a nighttime magnesium drink. I, I love the idea of like a nighttime wind down ritual yeah. with like a drink. That's, you know, it's, it's sounding good. It's like a nightcap, but it's actually yeah. going to get me to sleep right. rather than keep me awake. Right. Speaking of keeping awake and staying awake. A lot of people seem to wake up in the middle of the night. This seems to be like a big problem. Why is that and what can we do about it? Okay, so the two biggest reasons you wake up through the night, one is due to high levels of stress. Uh-huh. Now, this is commonplace for so many people and I know for your community as well, which is probably why they turn to you, is because they are overwhelmed with stress and they just cannot switch off their minds mm -hmm. and it's just going and going and going all the time, right? Now, just because we are asleep, <laughs> the brain doesn't just disconnect like that. If your brain is unable to switch off throughout the day, then in the evening it's probably going to be the same. Oh, wow. Yeah. So essentially why this causes us to wake up is because when we're under heightened levels of stress, our bodies produce more cortisol. Cortisol is a stress hormone. It helps us stay awake and alert. Now, this dates back to prehistoric times when we were in the wild and when we were stressed out, it was by a bear or a wolf or, you know, something in like a predator going to eat us, right? So by keeping us more alert and energized, it meant that we could either run away or fight mm. our predator. So it was an evolutionary advantage. So that, that concept of fight or flight, that's... That's what I'm talking about, right? Mm. However, now it's not so effective because we're not really trying to run away from predators or any, anymore. Yeah. Now our stresses are chronic, long-lasting. They don't just shut off. They don't just – we can't just evade them. And so this is why without a effective coping strategy such as meditation – big fan. Mm, yes. <laughs> the mind does not discon disconnect from that stress. And so therefore that stress hormone cortisol stays elevated even when you go to sleep. Uh, now, you know, this is the case for you, especially if you wake up at 3 a.m. Oh, you've got a time. Yeah. It's a, it's a really specific time. Oh girl. And a lot of people say I wake up 3 a.m. on the dot every single night. Why? Okay. So when it comes to a Admittedly, it's not 3 a.m. exactly for the point every for everyone, but it is very common. So it's mm -hmm. around 3 a.m. So what happens around 3 a.m. is that your normal levels of cortisol increase because this helps the body prepare to be awake for the morning. Yeah. However, if your baseline levels of cortisol are too high because of stress, then instead of staying in sleep, when it rises, you'll wake up. So that's the first reason. Stress okay. is the biggest, one of the biggest reasons. The other reason is excessive blue light before bed. Mm. Guilty, have been guilty. Working on it, always right. improving, right. but I've definitely been guilty of that one. It's okay. I, yeah. I swear to God, every single person that comes to me and says, I've tried everything. I just can't seem to sleep through the night. What am I doing wrong? Mm. And I say, well, what are you doing before bed? Like, oh, I don't know. I'm just watching TV and then I just just go to sleep and all of a sudden I wake up. Oh, okay, well, TV emits mm. blue light. Your phones emit blue light. Ceiling lights emit blue light. Your laptop emits blue light. Anything that emits blue light suppresses melatonin, that sleepiness hormone that I mentioned before. Mm. Now, this isn't only important to fall asleep, but it's also important to stay asleep. So if your body doesn't produce enough melatonin, then there is, because you've had excessive blue light before bed, then there is a high chance that you awake through the night. Mm. This is because the body experiences blue light as a stress. 
just as in the body experiences what's going on in your mind as stress. Wow. And the, probably the best strategy for that, like you said, is something like blue glasses before bed, an hour before bed, putting those on. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Two, two hours before bed is what's been found in most clinical trials to be the most effective. Mm-hmm. And when you want to just like quantify it, there have been studies that have found blue light blocking glasses before bed can improve your time to fall asleep by 78%. Ooh. And they can reduce nighttime wakings by 66%. Wow, that's some impressive stats. Yeah. They're huge. And this is over multiple clinical trials. Yeah. And the important thing to know is that, you sure, you can try a lot of different sleep rem- sleep strategies, you know, mm-hmm. magnesium and meditation and having a shower and, you know, creating a nice sleep sanctuary. All of these things are beneficial, but the number one thing to affect your sleep cycles, your melatonin your circadian rhythm is light okay so if there is only one thing you do and one thing you take out of this podcast (laughs) it is to block out blue light Mm -hmm. for two hours for bed wow okay ideally wearing blue light glasses great and I want to circle back to meditation because whenever someone says that they're like, oh, meditation will help. I'm like, all right, tell me, let's convince the people. (laughs) I'd love to know, have you found that meditators are better sleepers? Like what's any research that you know there? So there was a study that looked at long-term meditators versus non-meditators and they found they spent three times longer in slow wave sleep. Wow. Yeah. So this is like an elderly group Mm -hmm. and this is really important because slow wave sleep is the is the sleep we love. That's when you wake, when you've spent sufficient time in slow wave sleep, you feel fantastic. Yeah. You've woken up. What happens during slow wave sleep is that you experience regeneration of human growth hormone, which is a key hormone to promote cellular repair and recovery. Mm. So your body actually feels rejuvenated on a cellular level yes. because you're a meditator and you're sleeping. Oh, wow. That's fascinating. Yeah. So if you want to spend, yeah, potentially three times longer in mm-hmm. slow wave sleep, then meditation is a scientifically proven way to access that. Wow. Sleep strategy 101. So good. I have so many questions for you. That was in, in, incredible. I think it's so fascinating that, you know, we can really do these things to improve our sleep. And I love what you said at the beginning of this podcast, that it's not that you're a bad sleeper, it's that you have bad sleep behaviors. I think that is one of the most empowering things mm-hmm. that the user can take away, the person listening, because it's it's such an interesting thing in our minds where we'll be like, oh, I can't do this. It's like, no, 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 you can. And you're someone here to empower people that they can change their ways. I want to talk about some of the things that we might be doing that are affecting our sleep. One being caffeine. I love a coffee. I love a matcha. It's enjoyable. I'm learning that, you know, you can't have coffee too late in the evening. What are your sort of rules or regulations or suggestions for like when we should stop drinking caffeine in order to get to bed and feel rested and not have that cortisol, you know, going in the background? Okay, so I like a 12 p.m. cutoff rule. Oh, 12 p.m. Sorry. Oh, I'm, here I am with my 2 p.m. I'm, I'm the girl at the coffee shop at 2 p.m. being like, I squeezed in my matcha and I'm happy. Still open, aren't you? <laughs> Literally, I'm that girl. Okay, yeah. so the thing is why I recommend 12 p.m. Mm-hmm. is because – Though caffeine technically only takes about eight hours to wear out of the body, mm-hmm. which would would be arguably okay at 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. The thing is that when you are sleep deprived, which most people are, so Australians, for example, on average sleep just 6.2 hours a night. Mm. So most people, the average person is sleep deprived, right? And how this interacts with caffeine is that when you are sleep deprived, caffeine has a more potent effect on your nervous system and will last longer in your nervous system Uh, compared to when you're well rested. Yeah, it's a bit of a cycle, isn't it? Correct, correct. So so it's a bit of an oxymoron because if you are not sleep deprived, you would be relatively okay to have 2 p.m. coffee. Mm -hmm. However, if you are sleep deprived, you would find it a problem for your sleep to have (laughs) caffeine at 2 p.m. I'm, I'm feeling the vibes. Right, right. <laughs> but I think it's also really important to note that there is 
a decent amount of caffeine in like matcha and green tea mm. and black tea, chai tea even. Mm. So green tea and matcha, I know that you love matcha, mm-hmm. but just so you're aware of it mm-hmm. and just so you're across the research. So that has one third of the caffeine of a coffee. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people are having that in like a late afternoon thinking I'm being really good. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm avoiding my afternoon 4 p.m. coffee Mm -hmm. and then just I'm having a green tea. Mm. And then I can't sleep. Mm. There's a reason because it's a third of a cup. And especially if you're sleep deprived, that is going to have a much stronger effect on your nervous system. And in translation, it's going to mean that your adrenaline is going to be exaggerated more. Mm. after drinking caffeine yeah i think it's also important to know with caffeine it suppresses a sleep promoting hormone called adenosine now adenosine builds up throughout the day and when it is in sufficient amounts within the body we are naturally tired it's like melatonin but it works in a different way okay but then comes along caffeine And caffeine blocks its receptor sites, which essentially just means that it doesn't have the same effect. So you essentially forget that you're tired, which is why you feel so alert after a coffee. Great. Mm. I'm not tired anymore. Suddenly. But the problem is that adenosine doesn't just go away. It keeps building up, keeps building up. So if you know the caffeine crash. Mm. Yes. (laughs) That is exactly why that happens, because Mm. you have an overabundance of this sleep promoting hormone Mm. which you mask before and then when the effects of caffeine wear off you're like oh my god i am so tired yeah so to know that caffeine blocks the action of adenosine this sleep promoting hormone is really helpful because we don't want to experience caffeine crash Mm. and that's exactly what happens but yeah so green tea also black tea has half the amount of caffeine as a coffee also knowing that chai tea that has usually has black tea leaves. Mm. So that also has potentially about half the amount of caffeine as coffee. Yeah. Paracetamol often has caffeine. Vitamin water has caffeine. All of these things. Chocolate does have caffeine, but it's actually a really, really small amount. So quantifiably, it's like three, usually around three milligrams for every hundred grams, whereas Black tea is like 50 grams, for example. So chocolate is really not an issue when it comes to at least, yeah, usually it's not such an issue in terms of sleep quality and, you know, caffeine content. Mm -hmm. It's probably more of an issue because it has sugar and caffeine, but overall, yeah. Mm. But, yeah, I just think it's really important to, I guess, share these other sources of caffeine. Yeah, so people are aware. Yeah, because a lot of people say, why don't I drink coffee? Well, okay, but you might have, you know, a vitamin water. I wouldn't have thought, until I did my research, I wouldn't have thought vitamin water has caffeine. Yeah. But also non-cola drinks like Sprite and Fanta. Like you think, oh, but I'm not drinking Coca-Cola. We're having a Sprite. Mm. Like, wow, okay, interesting. Mm. um, I want to talk about something else that I know is definitely not good for sleep that I feel like a lot of people have before bed and then they can't get to sleep, and that is alcohol. (laughs) I'm currently sober. I've been eight months sober now, and it's been really, really interesting because I definitely can sense now how when I go out and I have a good night out and I don't drink, I'm able to fall asleep so much faster. And I can really remember having a big night and then really struggling with sleep. Firstly, let's just talk about alcohol and sleep. How does it affect sleep? What's the deal there? So alcohol is without a doubt a sleep saboteur. I think that's news to no one. But why? is because it suppresses REM sleep. Uh, REM sleep. Yep. Yeah, REM sleep, yeah. So REM sleep is necessary for memory formation and emotional regulation. Now, studies have shown that when we are deprived of REM sleep specifically, afterwards we are more negative to – we have a negative bias Mm. in terms of interpreting information. We we feel negative about it Mm -hmm. compared to if we have sufficient REM sleep – we feel objective and balanced. Mm -hmm. Important to note that, you know, that maybe somebody's thinking, oh, but maybe it was just they were deprived of sleep. No, actually, this study found that they they had participants 
deprived of total sleep, Mm -hmm. REM sleep, and slow wave sleep. And it was the ones that were specifically deprived of REM sleep that were the most negative out of all. Mm. So it's really bad for our mood. Wow, fascinating. When you're hungover, you don't want anything worse for your mood. But that's actually probably why part of the reason we feel so moody in the morning because we actually haven't had sufficient REM sleep. It's not just that we're hungover. It's just that that's the consequence of being hungover. Yeah, and then we go and cure it with a bacon and egg roll and then a a double coffee and then the the hungover meal from some kind of pizza shop in the evening and the soft drink because we're feeling a bit low. So it's kind of like a slippery slope, isn't it? Correct, yeah. I think what I find so interesting is if someone is drinking and they're – you know, aware that they're going to go out and have a big night. Is there anything that they can do to, you know, improve their sleep or be mindful of it? Like, is there a rule that we should have, you know, how long before sleeping should we stop drinking? Do you have any guidance around that? So if you must drink, yep. if you've decided that you cannot avoid drinking, here are some strategies to mediate its impact upon your sleep. Try and go to bed with a blood alcohol level of zero. So this means afternoon drinks better than evening drinks. Okay, yeah. So essentially the closer you have alcohol towards bed, the more likely that it will be to suppress REM sleep. Yeah. Another strategy is to have low sugar drinks, low sugar alcohol drinks, so like cocktails. Vodka soda rather than pina colada. Correct. Okay. So alcohol is a problem for sleep in one. Mm -hmm. Sugar is a problem for sleep in another. Yeah. So add them together. You've got a big problem. Yeah, you have a non-sleeping cocktail. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> rather than swapping my magnesium drink and lavender for a non-sleeping cocktail, yeah. and then calling myself a really shit sleeper. It's all making sense to me right, now. Right. Uh, there are probably my biggest two strategies, mm-hmm. but like, you know, you're eight months sober, which I think is fantastic, and. I trust you've seen significant improvements in your sleep Mm. just due to that. Yeah. I would encourage people to be really mindful about their drinking. Mm -hmm. I know from personal experience, I still drink. I don't drink excessively. I have a very healthy relationship with it. But there is times that I realize that I'm getting home from work or, you know, every weekend it's just the default. Mm. And I'm just, sure, I'll meet you for drinks without even thinking, do I actually want to drink? Mm. And I feel like a lot of people don't give themselves enough space to question, do I actually want to drink? And this doesn't mean you can't socialize. As you've seen for the last eight months, you're perfectly able to socialize without drinking. Mm. And there are so many options now. And there's also a great acceptance within the community that, okay, I'm not drinking. Okay. I think maybe beforehand, you know, maybe five, ten years ago, I'm not drinking. Why? What's wrong with you? You know, don't be such a sissy. Don't be a pussy. What's, you know, what's wrong? Mm. Whereas now people are like, okay, next, move on, top, topic change. Like it's not a big deal. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people are potentially drinking because they feel like it will be a big deal. And so that's actually in, in itself causing problems. Yeah. Another thing I really wanted to share about alcohol, which I think is really important, loops back to what we were mentioning before about waking up, uh-huh. especially yes. in the evening when we can't back to sleep right mm. i've had this i'm, I'm guilty of this back yeah. when i used to drink right? i used to wake up the 3 a.m thing a hundred percent like few cocktails barley having a good night go to sleep definitely not at a blood alcohol level of zero back in the day when i was having my big nights out in bali and then lo and behold 2 a.m 3 a.m i'm awake i'm regretting i need to pee I already feel the bloatedness in the face. <laughs> the light goes on, so the blue light gets flooded to my eyes. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm huffy AF. Oh, no, I was meant to film something tomorrow. So, yeah, this definitely affects the waking up 100%. Yeah. So what, what happens is that the body experiences the rebound effect. So when the body is sedated from alcohol, mm-hmm. there needs to be a compensation for that sedation. Mm-hmm. And that is what is the rebound effect. It's when the body has an exacerbated spike of awakening hormones, cortisol being one of them, Mm. in order to compensate for 
being sedated the night before because it's just trying to rebalance, mm. but it doesn't just go from being sedated straight back to normal. It's like I was sedated, oh, okay, I'm really alert and really awake right now, and that's when you wake up and you feel sweaty. Mm. You've got a thousand things on your mind and you feel like, God, there is no way that I could ever go back to sleep. Mm. That's an effect of alcohol as well, which I think needs to be shared because a lot of people are waking up. And although I didn't share it before about one of the reasons why you wake up, I probably should have. So yeah, yeah, it's alcohol, huge one, stress, huge, and also screens. Fascinating. You touched on a point that I think was really inspiring, which was there are so many things that we can do rather than drinking to socialize. And I think that this is something that I'd love to talk to my audience about, everyone listening, because I feel sometimes people are stumped. They're like, well, what can I do? When we think about activities, so coming to my mind, someone invites me out for cocktails and I'm you know, not drinking at the moment. So I'm like, okay, I don't want to. And maybe they actually don't even want to get cocktails. They're just thinking of an excuse for us to hang out. Let's talk about so how about saunas, ice baths, yoga, any of these wellness activities that are trending we hear about, do any of these have positive impacts of sleep that you know of? So I'd love to you know from you, like if I do a yoga class, that's obviously going to calm down my nervous system. What were some ideas that you would give to someone rather than going and having a, a big night on the, on the non-sleeping right. cocktails? Yeah, yeah. All right. So definitely yoga. What they found is The research indicates yoga of all exercise form is the most beneficial for sleep. Oh, wow. Which is really interesting. Yeah. So exactly as you, you know, you mentioned it's, it's calming for the nervous system and because it has an element of meditation, Mm -hmm. you get the benefits of meditation plus, you know, bodily relaxation. So yoga is definitely one I would recommend for sure. I'd also recommend something that I've just started to do recently, which is have people over for dinner. Mm. It's so nice to cook a meal for somebody that you care about and it doesn't have to involve alcohol. It's much easier to avoid if it's at your house and you can create the environment where you don't feel encouraged to drink. It is hard when you go out to a restaurant and then there's everyone around you is drinking and you can tell that they're all, you know, having a good time and getting a bit drunk and you feel like I'm missing out. Mm. But if you go to an environment where you literally just create like my home here today. Mm. Such a vibe. Right? Yeah. So relaxed. Right? And you're like, why do I need to drink tonight? Because this is just so relaxed and chill. You know, yeah. so that's that's something that I would definitely recommend. Yeah. Other wellness activities that can like create community, definitely meditation, of mm-hmm. course. We touched on that before. An evening walk, that's something that I would definitely recommend. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, the notion that you can't exercise late at night, sure, don't go and do a, you know, a high intensity workout at 10 p.m. or 9 p.m., but a gentle nighttime stroll. That is completely okay. Vibes. I'm down for the gentle nighttime stroll. I love a nighttime stroll. Jackie also loves a nighttime stroll, my dog. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Jackie. (laughs) If you guys hear the little tick, 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 tick throughout the thing, we've got, we're filming this in Australia right now, recording it. We've got the galahs going in the background. We've got Jackie's little paws. It's a whole zoo. I'm loving it. (laughs) I wanted to also ask, exercise, helpful for sleep? Yes. Yeah. So what should we be doing on a day-to-day, like a weekly basis to help us, you know, get a better night's sleep? So with exercise, you want to exercise the first thing in the morning, ideally. Okay. Now, this is because exercise helps stimulate the production of cortisol, our awakening hormone. So if you exercise in the morning, you may be less likely to have caffeine. Uh, Hack. uh, Hack. 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 Yeah. (laughs) I'd also recommend it for the morning because often you don't get to it in the afternoon. Mm. You know, there was a study that found one in three people who were tired skip exercise. Mm. And like after a big day of work, we're all kind of tired. Mm. And so the chances that you will actually do it after work are much lower. Mm. And so on a statistical level like that, it's more beneficial to exercise in the morning. It helps your body align to the light dark cycle Mm -hmm. which is essentially when it's light outside you're awake and when it's dark you're asleep yeah 
I think something I think so interesting is this idea of our modern day society. And we are using so much artificial light all the time. Like we go to bed, you know, it's sunset now. I've got a ring light blaring in your face. Like we've turned into night owls as creatures. Like humans are a 24 seven species. And back in the day in Cape Day, we were not a 24 seven species. And that's to, you know, the amazing invention of electro- <laughs> electricity. Like I'm so thankful I live in the time that electricity right. is a thing. I feel like when people are looking at their sleep and and looking at how they can improve it and you said about light is there also something in there about like temperature as well and the ideal temperature that we should be you know kind of getting in our room in order to sleep does that affect things temperature plays a huge impact on sleep quality okay so alongside light being a zeitgeber or factor to control the circadian rhythm and factor to control melatonin Temperature is also one of them. Yeah. So when we experience a drop in our core body temperature, this is a catalyst to produce melatonin. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is exactly why I recommend taking an evening shower because when you warm up in a warm shower and then you move to a cooler bathroom, what does your body temperature do? Drops. Mm. As a result of that, melatonin increases. Fascinating. So in terms of temperature, yeah, having a lukewarm shower and then moving into a cooler bathroom, that's one way to improve sleep quality via temperature. But also having a fan, if you've got an air con, setting it to 18 degrees. Mm -hmm. I know it sounds cold, but that's actually the best temperature for sleep. Having your bedding as in doona, sheets, pillows, pillowcases, mattress protector, all of these things in a natural fiber. Mm -hmm. This is really important as well because this can absorb excess heat should you overheat through the night, keep you cool. Okay, I facts. I can 110% testament to that because we were in, we've been living in Bali. Bali is the tropics, right? So we're talking hot. You cannot sleep without an aircon. You can't function without an aircon. We moved to this new place and we were just struggling with our sleep for like the first month. And then I was like, that's it. We need to buy all new bedding. I went and bought bougie bamboo, natural bamboo bedding, sheets, mattress protector, inlays. I had started sleeping like an absolute baby. I am so happy with my bougie bamboo sheets. They are never going to be changed. And I, they're literally one of the best investments I have ever made. I feel like that's such an interesting thing though, that we don't sometimes invest in something as important as sleep, Mm -hmm. because what I want to talk to you about now is like sleep impacts so many different things. If I started taking all this advice from you and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do the romantic seven step Olivia sleep expert routine. I, you know, doing all the things, what can I expect in my life? Like how does sleep improve our lives? Okay. So you would expect to make less mistakes at work. 29% of all workplace errors are directly attributed to fatigue. Mm you would likely to experience a drop in anxiety and in your inability to switch off, which a lot of people are struggling with right now. So stress hormone cortisol increases by 37% after just one night of insufficient sleep. Mm. One night. One night. On a cognitive level or, you know, what would happen to your attention and performance. So the main area of the brain that is affected by lack of sleep is the frontal lobe. Mm -hmm. Now, this is responsible for decision-making, judgment, attention, concentration, all of these things so many people have have problems with. Mm. That is impaired by lack of sleep. Now, on a similar vein, another area of the brain that is affected by lack of sleep is the whole brain in that it is experienced as a buildup of a neurotoxin called beta amyloid. Now, this can increase by 30% after one night. What bitter amyloid does is cause brain fog and memory loss. Mm -hmm. Long term, when bitter amyloid builds up in the brain, it it is a hallmark sign of Alzheimer's disease, which is exactly why there's such a strong correlation between lack of sleep and Alzheimer's disease. Mm. So if you are feeling mentally foggy or you are feeling like you can't remember anything and you start getting better quality sleep, all of a sudden your brain will start operating the way it should. 
Mm. You'll be able to focus more, concentrate easier, make better judgments, yeah. remember things easier. It's so funny. This reminds me of meditation in the sense that when you talk about all these things, if you were here on this podcast today and you said, I have a pill, and if you just took this pill every single day, it will improve your life by all these statistics and all of these things. You best believe everyone listening is going to go out and get that pill. Doesn't matter how much it costs, five, ten dollars a day for this pill. Yeah, fuck, I want that. It's just a no-brainer. And it's it's so sexy. I'm like, yeah, this give it to me. I I want all of those things. Mm-hmm. I want better memory and this, and I don't want it else. Like you, my brain is like, right. yeah. But then they look at something like these new simple things that they can do and they're not doing on a daily basis. So I think it's just so fascinating to hear how much sleep can just impact everything. It's just like a performance tool, really. And Mm. I think it's, it's so interesting. I think in popular culture, there's been such a shift in sleep in the sense that it was this kind of like, oh, we'll sleep when we're dead. That was something that I have heard so many times or like, you know, sleep, sleep later, hustle now. But with all the research and just how much knowledge that we've gotten on sleep, that really just isn't the case anymore. So when people are thinking about going to sleep and improving their sleep, and maybe they start, if they have a partner that is really struggling with sleep and they're like next to this person all the time, would you recommend people sleep in separate beds while they get better at their sleep if they can? Or is it something that, you know, they feel like you could do together? Like, is there anything that you suggest around that? Listen to this podcast. Listen to this podcast. <laughs> in, in all fairness, as you know, we've shared a lot of the tips and everything. Yeah. Most of these you see improvements in the first few days. Yeah, wow. Okay. So so you. I think a lot of people think, oh, you know, it's going to be the big ongoing problem. No, the ongoing problem is that you're not being proactive about solving the problem. Yeah. But when you actually take the action, you know, buy blue light blocking glasses, take your magnesium every night, read a book cut off screens one hour before bed. When you start to do this, your sleep will improve in a few days. Yeah, so fascinating. And so, you know, if your partner is experiencing sleep problems, (laughs) I would say, how about let's just try a few of these strategies that this girl recommends Yeah, and see how they go. Let's just try it for seven days. Yeah, amazing. You know? So and good. and I think also sharing sharing with your partner that you know you want them to be their best their best self because of course you know most most people that have they see a difference the nights that their partner sleeps well mm. versus those that don't oh yeah Chris is a nightmare when he doesn't <laughs> sleep I'm a nightmare when I don't eat <laughs> I'm the I think in every relationship everyone has their points yeah, um, yeah. I'm the person that if I'm hangry you're getting Dragon Rochelle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If Soul Sleepy, I'm getting Dragon Chris. Right. So I think that, yeah, that self-awareness is so important. Yeah, yeah. Speaking about men and women, do men need more sleep than women? Women need more sleep with men. Is there any research there? Or are we just the same? It's a pretty marginal difference. Mm-hmm. Overall, the research shows that women sleep worse. This can be attributed to pregnancy, breastfeeding, mm-hmm. and menopause, and also the monthly cycle. Yeah, all of these factors compromise sleep quality. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, it's it's a small difference between the quality of sleep for men and women. Mm-hmm. And in terms of the recommendations, it would be the same. Yeah. Is there any point in a woman's cycle that we do need more sleep, or is it just kind of no? The, the, not so much need more sleep at least from the research that I've found. The main impact is that usually during ovulation, you'll experience like lighter, more restless sleep. I found yeah. that. Mm. It's interesting. It's so strange how all these things happen during ovulation and then during yeah. the period. It's just like, yeah. it, it's, a, it's a whole like 26 day roller coaster of like, right. oh, where am I at now? What stage? So fascinating. I wanted to ask, is there a optimal time that we should be going to bed at night that you would suggest or is it just more about the hours? So the time that you should go to bed is dictated by your chronotype. Okay. Now that is the concept of my book, which Mm -hmm. we shared before. Yeah. Okay. Get the book and learn about that. Yeah. yeah. So essentially, if you are a lion, you need to go to bed the earliest Mm -hmm. and around 9.30.10 is good. If you are a bear you need to go to bed around 
10 30 mm-hmm. if you are a wolf you need to go to bed around 11 or 11 30 and how would we get our chrono like how would we find out this yeah. information super simple quiz on my website super simple quiz in the book yeah you can you can ask yourself when do i naturally feel most alert and most sleepy because mm-hmm. lions feel most alert earliest in the morning bears feel most alert throughout consistently throughout the day wolves feel most alert in the evening mm-hmm. so that is a bit of a shortcut to understand what's my chronotype yeah but there are many more factors which determine what your chronotype is and so it's an overgeneralization yeah to say okay well i'm alert in the morning so i must be a lion yeah because actually your chronotype indicates how well you sleep your sleep challenges your personality traits even yeah. lions for example are more leadership types whereas Bears are those that like to get the things done, done, and wolves are more creative types. So feeling yeah. like I'm a wolf. Yeah, I feel like I feel like from our conversations, I think you're a wolf. Yeah. yeah. So we're gonna have all of your details in the show notes so they can do a quiz online to figure that out on yeah. your website. Also check out the book, obviously. Something else I wanted to ask is oh, I have so many things, but there's just a few little ones. Can you catch up on miss sleep? So this is something that I've experienced a lot in my life as an entrepreneur. Sometimes life gets busy and I would like to always have a perfect eight hours, but there are some times that I'm pushing six hours. I have had times in the past where I thought I can survive for four hours. The universe has told me absolutely not. Yeah. I've not been my best self, but can we, if we do, you know, kind of cut it fine, can we catch up? Does it work like that or is it, is the damage kind of done? The latter, the damage is done. You actually can't ever fully catch up on sleep. However, you do feel better Mm -hmm. after catching up on sleep. So is it still worthwhile to get additional sleep after you've lacked sleep? Yes, because you feel better and I want to help you feel better. So I'm going to advise that. However, in terms of the cognitive deficits versus benefits. So there was a research paper that found People who were deprived to sleeping only four hours a night for five nights in a row, which for many entrepreneurs, that's common. Mm. You know, they might be working on a big project or working internationally as you are doing currently with your European team. Yeah. (laughs) And the time zones, the Australian, European time zone. (laughs) I walked into this interview and I'm like, "Mm, let me tell you about my (laughs) my current sleep situation and why we need you on the podcast. This is actually just a ploy just because you're struggling right now being in Guys, Australia. I'm using, I'm using the podcast as a way to interview experts to improve my personal performance and I just happen to be also recording them for you. The cat's out of the bag. That's fine. I'm happy to help you and happy to help your community. <laughs> too good. Yeah, so this study found that when deprived for of sleep four hours a night for five nights in a row, mm-hmm. even after an entire week of recovery sleep, <laughs> an entire week of sleeping as much as they needed, yeah. they still did not perform as well mentally oh. as they did prior to that sleep deprivation. Oh, damn. And then what if you're thinking, oh, but like, what about just, you know, one one big night of sleep? You know, would that make a difference? No. Mm. There was another another study that found when they were able to sleep 10 hours mm-hmm. after being sleep deprived, mm. they still did not perform mm. as well. They were still lacking attention. They were still sleepier, you know, inaccurate. They were more fatigued. Right. So, yeah, you can't really catch up on sleep. However, you do feel better. Okay. But yeah. it's important to also know that because your brain is still impaired, your judgment is also impaired. So you might feel better and think you're you're performing as well, but you're actually not. I feel like this podcast has made me want to buy all of my stuff, like bamboo bedding and like sleep masks and (laughs) just invest in everyone who ever works with me. Blue light glasses. Sleep. Literally, I'm going to be on your website ordering some blue light glasses and getting the lavender and giving them all the book. I'm like, all right, guys, new team experiment, not longer work hours, better sleep quality. You got it? 
So fascinating. You're also someone that speaks, you know, for brands and people. So if there's anyone out there that's listening to this and is like, oh gosh, from an entrepreneurial perspective that you're like, I need people in my life that are involved to get better sleep. Olivia can be your girl to come in and just like weave her wisdom so you can up your performance rates. It's just sounding like the ultimate performance hack. Thank you. Um, It's fascinating. Thank you. Actually, when you were speaking about, you know, sleep as a performance enhancer, I actually uh, wanted to mention, so I have two two seminars that I deliver at corporates or retreats or, you know, schools or, or and so forth. One is called Sleep, Your Ultimate Superpower. Oh, sexy title. Love right. it. Sold. And the other one is Sleep for Success. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you, when you learn what you have in this podcast, for example, it can be so exciting because sleep can be your ultimate superpower. Yeah. And you can sleep for success. Yeah. Like, that's exciting. I feel like it's... To me, sleep after this podcast is seeming like such a low-hanging fruit, something that is, I always say in life, control the controllables, surrender the rest. Mm -hmm. In life, we can only control the controllables. You know, you can't control the world. You can only ever control how you react to it. And there are only so many things in your life that you can control and everything else is just outside of it. And you've you've got to get used to being like, well, can't do that and move on to the next thing. Sleep is something that is so within our control. It's something that we can be so empowered to shift, to change, to transform. And I have absolutely loved today's conversation. I think if there is anything I would say to you guys, this is obviously something that we can all improve on and we can optimize. You're going to be sleeping for the rest of your life. The minute you stop sleeping is the minute that you're not going to be here anymore. So if I have any advice for myself and for anyone else listening, this is an area that I want to really become a pro at. I want to become a successful Mm -hmm. sleeper. So we have your book, Bear, Lion, Wolf. Everyone should go and check that out. That will have heaps of sleep tips, your website, everything will be in the show notes. And gosh, like sleep has just sounded so much more sexy and important <laughs> at the end of this conversation than I thought it was at the beginning. I'm, I'm honored. And yes, sleep is your superpower. You just need to know how to leverage it. Yeah, that's it. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Olivia. I can't wait to talk to you again. I'm sure in the future when we learn even more about sleep, I'm sure there's so much we can keep going into. But if you want more information on sleep, go check out all of Olivia's resources, her links, everything will be in the show notes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for this episode. You can discover more from Mindspo on Instagram and TikTok by following at Mindspo and myself at Rochelle underscore Fox. If this episode inspired you, then please pass it on and share the love. And if you're new to our world and you want to elevate your mind and step into your best self, then be sure to download our app Manifesty from the App Store and take advantage of the free trial. With Manifesty, you can create your own vision board movies, practice powerful meditations and set affirmation reminders so your phone supports your journey towards that abundant vision of your future. And lastly, always remember, you create your own reality. So go and make some magic. Thank you.